Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and so many theories. You can follow The Story Tinker right here on YouTube, as well as all podcast platforms. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. If you like what you see, please like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of the Purple Hyacinth Story Tinker podcast, Sorted Surprise, and we are with Christine and Fu. Hi. Hello. So <clears throat> we ended off last episode with a horrible, horrible occurrence. So we might be a little bit somber, or I might be a little somber. <laughs> and so I'm wearing black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's appropriate. <laughs> And we open up, um, it seems to be a dawning day, the sun is rising, and Will is coming up to the office, and he says it's so early, at least the, an empty office is quiet. And um, <clears throat> he has coffee in his hand also. He walks into the office, opens the door, and he sees none other than a very tired-looking Kim at her desk, scribbling away with a giant mound of paperwork next to her. And she's very focused. She doesn't even notice him come in. And he rubs his eyes and he blinks and he's like, what am I seeing? <laughs> he doesn't believe his eyes, basically. He walks forward and he's like, I never thought of you as an early bird, Liddell. And she just jumps. She's <laughs> shocked, does not realize he was there. Um, actually, she grabs her lamp and <laughs> moves to like bang him over the head with it and shrieks. And he's like, hmm. Um, and then they see each other and Kim's like oh okay puts the thing down he's like good morning lieutenant I didn't hear you come in coughs <sighs> I like that Will's just like okay like with the lamp like okay and what are you gonna do with it yeah he he was pretty calm mm-hmm. that's good no lighting in this episode oh, oh yeah yeah that lighting of Kim I'm also like is that like our perspective or is Will seeing it that way? Oh. Mm. Is this how Will sees Kim? <laughs> is that how he sees her? Nice. That is great. <laughs> Always with a halo. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she just <laughs> goes straight back to her paperwork. He picks up her coffee cup, notices that it's empty. And he's like, I noticed, what are you doing in the office so early? It's barely five. She's clearly been caffeinating herself to keep herself awake. And she's like, I could ask you the same. And then she says, but if you must know, I'm finishing up the paperwork. He's like, paperwork? And she gives this grin. She's like, I told you, you never have to wait on me, Willem. Willem. And this is, you know, nice because we constantly see Kim goofing off and, you know, mouthing off. And this is a part of her where we see that at the end of the day, she will do what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She can do her job. Yep. That's why she's a sergeant. And it's also so much more of a genuine side to her because a lot of the time Kim, by like the fans, is written off as like just um, comedic and like just humorous. But really, she's a very genuine and hardworking person and I don't think we talk about that enough 
Mm -hmm. A good character in every way. Yeah, she's yeah, maybe underappreciated by us. I agree. Mm -hmm. And she's like, "Stop looking at me! Like I just said, I'm off chasing pink elephants. Not the first time I've come in early to do my due diligence as sergeant." So. <laughs> You know, yeah, I guess she probably, um, she fools people with that, with that comedic persona. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what are like, you well, hiding, Kim? How much <laughs> trauma is under that level of comedy? Oh my God. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm glad to hear it. Reminds me why you were promoted in the first place. I must admit, I forget sometimes. <laughs> He's teasing her already at this point. And then Lauren comes in and Kim's like, oi. Really? And then Lauren's like, will you guys stop yelling? It's 5 a.m. And they're completely shocked. Now they both scream and there's papers flying all over because they were not expecting Lauren. And <laughs> the coffee cup flies in the air. The contents are spilling all over. Lauren's like, what the? Thank you. Kim says, did you two conspire to give me a heart attack this morning? I came to work early to finally get some peace. And then William's like, you're the one that disturbs the peace in this office. And Lauren's like, early birds of a feather, haha. Been falling behind a few works, so I wanted to catch up. <laughs> and she thinks to herself, guess I've been going on too many midnight dates these days. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. This is, by the way, true. I have a friend who's dating now, and she's like, I can't with his dating. We stay up all night. And she's like, I don't stay up all night. She's like, we stay out late and like, we can't do that. We're both adults. Like, we have lives. Whereas like when my husband and I were dating, we were both like studying and we had like zero responsibilities. We stayed up all night. Um, plus we were way younger. But yeah, it's, it's funny. You can't. <laughs> dating too much. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Kim. And he pokes her. And she's like, what? <laughs> he says, my coffee cup. That's Grumpy Cat's desk. Landed <laughs> all over his desk and it spoiled his papers. <laughs> and then they're all like black. Their face. <laughs> Yeah, their world has become shadowed. Their eyes are a blank. A mistake has been made. <laughs> yeah. And comes like, oh my God, we need to clean it before he gets her over all dead meat. And he's like, you are dead meat, Liddell. You knocked it over. It was your coffee thing, cut butterfingers. You let it fly away. <laughs> Literally pointing fingers at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Panic. Lauren's like, you know, this is the first time, but I really wish I'd never met you, Kim. <gasps> That's really bad. Sorry, Lauren. It's not a nice thing to say. She's literally getting dragged around. I know, but Kim's about to get them all killed by Lucas, so. <laughs> Will's like, don't worry. I actually wish it all the time. I mean, it is very hilarious, this whole scene. Mm -hmm. What are you doing, Hawks? Don't you see this as a crisis? <laughs> <laughs> Will's like, I'm filling out a request to change precincts before I get killed. <laughs> Their priorities, amazing, yeah. beautiful. I was like, Kim wants to fix things, and Will's just like, nope, I'm, nope, done. <laughs> I'm out of here. See you later. Mm -hmm. Kim's like, this is an act of treason, William. Laura's like, you can beg, but your soul will never escape a grumpy cat's wrath. <laughs> and then we have the purple hyacinth intro and they're all walking down the hallway and kim has decided to make the best event she's like yay adventure time at 5 a.m was, was like what the hell is wrong with you 
<laughs> that's what's right with her. Kim is amazing. Mm-hmm. Always optimistic, always cheerful. So much fun to have around. And they're in front of the janitor's office and she laughs. And then Lauren catches sight of something on the ground and it's a bit of blood streaked along the floor. And she's like, wait, is that? Meanwhile, Kim is opening the janitor's closet and she says, next time you're going to. And then there's a scream and we see blood splattered and Kim opens the door and her face has become, I mean, I don't know how to describe what I'm seeing because I'm not like, I don't have the language again to describe the visual stuff, but it's, it's kind of like time is frozen. Kim's face, face becomes black around the eyes. This, everything behind her is just lit up. So it's a very shocking moment. She putting her hands over her heart. She stumbles backwards into Will. She clearly is completely overcome and Will just grabs her. And then she just, she, um, she can't stand to see what she's looking at and she just like buries her face in his chest will kind of turns her around to get her away from the site while he's still looking at it and then lauren comes in to see what's going on and then we see what they've all been looking at and it's harvey's body on the floor looking mm. looking horrible dang the yeah. way kim is like like clutching at Will's collar too, like kind of like kind of like grounding herself, like okay, this th- this is tangible, this is real, like this is happening. Yeah, and it's, I mean, Will is also Will's. I I think Kim would have done that kind of to anybody who was there. I don't know. I mean, definitely the falling back part, she would have fallen back. But I don't know if um. I know like for the for the Kiwi shippers, do you think Kim would have buried her face into whoever was standing behind her or only let herself do that with someone like Will? Um, I think she would have to be close to them. Otherwise, she, like, I don't think she would do that to, with her men. I think she would have to like trust that person. Yeah, I don't think she would have done it with like Lauren either. I could see her doing it with Lauren because they've, they're like best friends. Like but with Lauren, but like someone the- she's comfortable with. Yeah, like in a, I don't know, in a different way. The way she's clutching at Will is like, I don't know. I feel like it's, or maybe it's just me shipping. <laughs> That's... No, I think it is. I think giving a giving a guess based on my own experience, I think for, for a heterosexual person, there is an element of something that you would act with a guy that you're, like that's your age that you're kind of attracted to, even if you don't realize it, rather than like your best female friend. Um, I do think there is a difference. Like I, I think maybe even physically it would have been a little different. Like it, w- it wouldn't have been this, you know, kind of like seeking protection. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know I sound very, um, what's the word? Not chauvinistic, but like in a good way, um, chivalrous or whatever. Like, but when I say that which is just funny because in my family I'm known as like the big egalitarian but um yeah I mean I do think that this is what's going on with them mm-hmm. and credit to Will again Will is instinctively and this is something Will again I think would do for anybody because he's just a gentleman Will is instinctively you know protecting her turning her around so she doesn't face it and like very sweetly like encasing her in his body you know he's a really good person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fun fact in fact, Kim is actually pan, which is interesting. 
It's not. Mm. We don't see it in the comic because it was confirmed elsewhere. But um, according to uh, Kimis Pan, which is um, great. I wish we could see it in comic though, because it's not super great representation unless like we actually get to see it. Because no one would really know unless they saw it on Discord. Right. <laughs> yeah, so whew, quite a heavy thing to see at 5 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Kim just wanted to do her paperwork. She did not sign up for multiple heart attacks. <laughs> Literally multiple heart attacks. Yeah. <laughs> right. And- you know, we're going to discuss it more like throughout the story, but this is reaction is very different than her reaction to the death that she saw um, in like the first or second episode where mm-hmm. she was just mm-hmm. making jokes and she was, you know, being completely irreverent. And obviously there's also an element of surprise. Like they didn't know that they were going to um, find the dead body in the closet as opposed to finding it at the crime scene. But, you know, we'll, we'll see, like, was there any reason that Kim was so affected by it? Mm-hmm. and also the method of murder was different mm. like this is way more gruesome than what they came across in um in the first few episodes and then also it's mm-hmm. someone who Kim was close to we like we just saw them interacting in 29 so it's just Kim liked this person she didn't know the um Del Roca or Lady Grayson but she knew Harvey yeah. And that's how it works, like with, uh, you know, our reaction to things, right? You know, we can tolerate, I think it was, who was it? Adam Smith, you know, the, the, the um, economist philosopher who said that, uh, maybe it was him, it was somebody, somebody from like the 1800s, said that if um, we're more bothered by like our little pinky being like broken or, or hurting us, then if we hear about like, you know, I don't know, a whole city being wiped out somewhere around the world of people we don't know. <laughs> it's very yeah. true we only care when it directly affects us yeah i mean i think and, and i think also many people try to care but like it just doesn't happen in the same way it doesn't feel the same way even if intellectually they're like yeah i know it's terrible it doesn't emote the same way mm-hmm. i think it also applies to how we see karen i think if we got to know the people he killed and like how they were killed really instead of being like told how many people he was killed or how he did it I think sympathy for Kieran would go down a bit like we know he's kind of being forced into these situations but also he did end up doing these things Mm -hmm. so and I think Soap and Epp have deliberately like not made him kill anyone that we know and love because then we would not like him yeah but you know a girl can hope <clears throat> okay <laughs> so now we have um the the you know the rest of the office has gathered the crime scene looks to be boarded off with uh like some red tape and the investigators grace uh, with the white hair are going in we have herman there we have march we have you know the rest of the office and grace says <clears throat> the signs are pretty obvious he has no offensive or defensive wounds beside the neck on his the cut on his neck and it's forensic examiner grace riverhood which i believe is from her first comic right life mm-hmm. um grace is from soph's first comic mm-hmm. oh. 
Yes, I never, um, I started it, I didn't finish it yet, but yeah. And then she says, considering the rotting skin around the cut, the blade must have been coated with a powerful poison. The autopsy will, and then the other guy, <clears throat> who is forensic examiner Andrew Laws, who I believe is also from there, he says, the autopsy will confirm it, but I'm ready to bet we're looking at the effects of golden viper venom. And that indeed was on the, the blade of the person who killed him. The venom spreads, spreads rapidly through the blood bloodstream and burns through all types of tissue, skin and cartilage, while also causing mass hemorrhaging. And we have a glimpse back at this very gruesome panel of Harvey. It reacts with blood and produces a chemical, which increases the blood pressure exponentially until the heart can't stand it. The vapors released during the reaction are highly toxic, and he must have suffocated until his heart finally burst or his cranial arteries. I mean, just a delightful way to die. Mm-hmm. Based on his bleeding, I'd say it was the aneurysms that finally did it. And she's and he's examining, you know, picking up the, the tarp that they've put over his body. It's, yeah, it's a gruesome way to die because, like, the killer could have easily just sliced his neck and boom, done. Like, but to just literally just nick his neck just a little bit and then for him to die so gruesomely is horrible yeah it's such a painful unnecessary death mm-hmm. like i feel so bad for him even though he's fictional just imagine that's the last thing that you ever experience Ugh. i mean i'm glad it does seem to be a little quick i don't know i'm a, whatever <laughs> I've never done research and I'm like, what's the quickest way to kill someone? You know, most people <laughs> your poor search history. <laughs> no, right, that has not been my research history. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, March says, this type of venom is extremely rare, but I've heard about such murders from other precincts. A phantom side assassin, no doubt. At which point, Lauren's like face kind of blanks out, and you know she's thinking of Kieran. And she's like, why haven't anyone? do this to Harvey right because Harvey apparently like they all see him as this cute little innocent kid and Grace says none of the guards working last night heard a single thing they just assumed Harvey went home and Herman says I doubt Harvey could have had any personal enemies who would bother to go to such expensive extremes to get rid of him which is an interesting point I guess it's the phantom side haunting us and at this point you know everything's kind of becoming white and hazy for Lauren it seems I think we're switching perspective from Lauren to Kim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's continuing while Kim is kind of like losing focus. He says, maybe they've sent one of their assassins to deliver a message to us. Now we see Kim again, looking. He continues, their methods are too clean for a hobbyist and they're too well-funded to be acting alone. He wasn't necessarily a specific target. And she's looking down. He says the assassin could have... Have, could have something killed couldn't have killed him because they could have killed him because they needed a victim and he was the only one here and she's just you know losing is becoming blurrier and blurrier with time she's looking down um and the next words i can't really see do we have an estimated time of death and she's blanking out um and then will i think will or lauren lauren says kim kim are you all right kim and she she um Kim goes like grips her hand. Lauren's saying, you should sit down for a while. And then Kim just like goes out and she's like, I need to go finish paperwork. And she's lying. She has to get out of there. And Lauren looks after her <clears throat> as does Will. And then Will 
kind of like you see he's taking a little bit of a moment um he like grits his teeth and then he runs after her um so he took him like a second to decide right but he decides to run after her and that's the end of that well well then um run after your girl will go get her (laughs) go get her will yeah we're proud of will you know will is a very duty-bound person and it must have been very hard for him to you know leave what he felt was his official duty like with the, the cops and but he still like deep down which we hope is a choice he'll always make he prioritizes his friends well will or kim is the lieutenant looking out for her is also part of his duty which i think he'll probably use an excuse but i think he also just genuinely cares for her yeah (sighs) wow times rest in peace harvey he will be missed yeah i mean we're still talking about it <laughs> 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 there. yeah it's tough Ouch. yeah i think like we're all um a little shook up <laughs> shaken up <laughs> yeah it's it's hard to read it's a hard mm-hmm. episode world is being somber okay i guess we should use words instead of our facial yeah <laughs> instead of just a silence <laughs> well that was intense but also i love the way that the last few episodes uh, the last few panels are drawn because it really expresses how kim is feeling in these moments like she can't focus on anything she can't really listen to anything and um, I don't know if this episode had music, but in the next episode, at least, there is a lot of like droning in the audio, and you really feel like that's Kim's headspace right now. Mm. It's a reaction, like when people go through traumatic experiences, um, their body shuts down in cases. Not that I would know, you know, thankfully, but. Um, yeah, I mean, your your emotions take a take a toll, a physical toll. Yeah, we're one we're creatures that are intertwined. We cannot separate our mind and body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do we have anything else to say on this episode, or have we have what there is to say? Honestly, I think that's it for me. Uh. Well, I remember when I first read this, like, I didn't remember who Harvey was. And then, so, like, when he died, I was like, wait, who is this guy? And then, but, you know, going back to, um, what was it, episode 29, you kind of get a glimpse of, like, who he was. Like, this, just this nice kid. Like, and for him to die, that is such a horrible way. It's shocking. Shocking. And I'm glad that <clears throat> Sofa Neff, like, gave us a personal, you know, someone that we knew, because up until now, like, yeah, we had Lauren's family, Lauren's friend, but we didn't quite know, um, well, anyway, we, Lauren's friend, but we didn't really know the people that had been killed by the Phantom Scythe, 
personally. And now, you know, we, they're speculating that it's someone from the Phantom Scythe, but when it's somebody like you, we were saying before, when it's someone that you know and you have a personal connection with, and then it hits home, and then you suddenly realize how, why everyone wants to take the Phantom Scythe down when they do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I think we need this episode. Like, it was a very big reminder of the stakes right now. Oh, yeah. thank you so so much for coming on and yeah we did manage to finish at an early hour so yeah if we can do our 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 event our event yeah got an event tonight yeah (laughs) all right thanks so much everyone and i hope to see you all later thank you for having us thank you bye Thank you to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Lipris, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tuggles, Meg, Anne Rose, Priya, Alex, Misty, Laura, Joanne, Patty, Jen, and Ivy. Your support is truly appreciated. Yeah.